This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Here we are for another exciting edition of Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joshua. How you doing? I'm fine this evening. How are you? I'm I'm doing all right. I'm a little tired. I am. Um, I was out. tired. Yeah, I was out late last night. I had a show. I played a solo show, which I haven't done in a really long time. Oh. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, been a really long time. So it was just me and a couple guitars and, you know, rock and roll. It was for a, uh, a local benefit concert here in town. This is the second annual. I think they're going to try to do it every year, but it's called Lift Me Up, and it was very cool. A thing to be part of. They pick two artists in the community who are like queer people of color, uh, trying to you know highlight their work and put a little focus on them. Everybody that comes and uh, raises money, and it's all like split between them, just to just so they can further their art. So it was very cool. So yesterday it was um, Derek Khalil Hodges. He's a local like singer. Mm. Uh, he's great. I saw him at the Diversionary like a year ago, uh, doing a show. <laughs> I cannot remember what it was called. It was like this like mashup show of like different like pop songs and Broadway songs and things like that. And it had kind of some sort of strange story. I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't great, but he, (laughs) (laughs) but he was great, but he was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He was really great. So it was kind of like cool to have this like serendipitous, like, Oh, it all came back around, you know? And I got to see him and chat with him about that last night. And then the other was an artist called chump who is a, they are a photographer. And uh, did these really interesting photos that all feature like trans people of color and sort of like, what do you want to call it? Like they choose how they want to look in the photo, Mm. you know, so it's like a self-actualizing picture, you know. Okay. Yeah, it was very, very cool. So had a lot of fun, played a lot of music, uh, yelled a lot, (laughs) rock and rolled, sang, you know. They had a raffle. I won a big raffle with a bunch of uh, great stuff in it. And yeah. A little raffle basket. Uh, I also bought, oh, shoot, I don't have his card, but that's okay. Uh, there was a guy there selling jewelry that was all, like, recycled and found mm. object stuff. Yeah, it was really neat. Uh, Paris. I think his first name was Paris. Mm-hmm. And so I got the... Plaster? I this, yes, exactly. Plaster of Paris? Plaster of Paris. That was exactly it. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, but, yeah, he does recycled... All recycled jewelry. And so one of the things he had was this, like, piece of shale that had, like, a is it trilobite, like, this little tiny, okay. like, fossil in it. And so I bought that. It's on a ring. And then he had a, a necklace that was just, like, half of a pair of scissors <laughs> with some, like, chains dangling from it. it was re- it's really cool. Nice. So, yeah, like, I bought some, bought some new jewelry and... You know, supported some I- incredible artists, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I was very, very tired. Nice <laughs> today, but you know, having some tea, drinking a little bit of tea here, and oh, the, all know. the tea. Yes, all the tea. No, no liquor today. We've had enough. Yes, <laughs> all the tea. What have you been up to? I've been seeing a lot of theater. I've been seeing a lot of theater. Yeah. Um, I saw, um. I saw Avenue Q at the OB Playhouse, Ocean Beach uh, Playhouse. The, that's like the gay puppets or something. Uh, um, there are there is a puppet that is gay, um, oh, okay. and there are puppets. There there's full frontal pub puppet nudity and sexual situations. Oh. Um, so I don't know much about that show except that it's in pretty or no. What was that uh, show called on HBO with uh, Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon? Oh, um, um, 
It was in uh, Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. That's it. I wanted to say Pretty Little Liars, but I knew that wasn't it. Big Little Lies. It's like it. it it's, it's a big in the part background. of the plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Know, where they're trying to stage it, and it's like so. You know, it's not family friendly, so everybody's upset. It's so controversial. So, yeah. So anyway, so go ahead. Um, oh my God, I forgot that was a plot point in Big Little Lies. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That and then um, I saw Fun Home at the SD Rep, which is oh, very good. Yeah. I have the that original uh, comic, the uh, or the graphic novel by is that Alison Alison Bechtel? Bechtel. Yeah. Yes, and then I saw um, the Heart of Rock and Roll, which is a new musical oh. at the Old Globe. That is um, basically brand new, having its debut here. A debut oh, here, wow. brand new. It is being workshopped here, and it is. Um, <laughs> It is is a jukebox musical on the music of Huey Lewis and the News. Oh, okay. I, I did not realize that I knew as many Huey Lewis songs as I thought. Uh, but yeah, it's and it was complete fun. It's like it's like cotton candy. It's just you know, it's it's nothing profound, but it's definitely a lot of fun. So all right, there you go. I that's like what I've been doing. That's 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 great. <laughs> did you? Uh, it was your mom's birthday or something, too? My mom's birthday recently. Yeah. Virgo season, y'all. Um, yes, yes. And uh, we did, we had, um, we've been doing uh, buffet brunches because we like a casino. Because it's what you do. Because we like a casino buffet. So, you know, shout out to my mother. She doesn't listen. Um, I think the, I mean, not because she objects. It's just because I don't think she knows how to do a podcast. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh. I feel like I feel like she just like oh I just go to Joshua's house if like I'm going to record okay that's funny but yes yeah I find a lot of people um, who you know don't regularly listen to podcasts or maybe they do but I, I don't know I, I guess people don't realize that like yeah we're on iTunes we're on all the same stuff you don't have to go to any great lengths exactly like if you're listening to you know if you can listen to Serial you can listen to Fight School you exactly know? which I'm very excited about I'm mentioning Serial because it comes back soon or by the time this airs it will be airing and I'm very excited so hopefully it's hopefully it's really good season two did not grab me I, I didn't listen yeah no cause I didn't really care about the both Bergdahl story. Yeah. I mean, in the sense of it being like serialized, you yeah. know, in the same way. So I'm kind of excited for the new because they're doing it's almost like story of the week, like monster of the week, you mm-hmm. know. Although I, I, it's not obviously going to just be about like murder. I think they're going to explore a lot of different um, other things, horrifying so. things. Yeah. Uh, about the criminal justice system. So I'm very, very excited uh, for that to start. I'm also very excited about, uh, Netflix finally released a teaser for the chilling adventures of Sprina, the teenage. Yes, Witch. they uh, did. Yeah. And I went back actually, cause I have uh, Kindle and I have uh, Amazon Kindle unlimited or whatever it is. It's like the monthly yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, subscription and they had all the, the back issues on there. So I like downloaded them and, I've been reading them, and if they're going to adapt it, like, from this new comic series, like, I'm really excited, because it's really dark. It's super dark, yeah. It's super dark. She's, like, like the, that, like, part of the Church of Satan or something Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, like, worship, like, the the devil, you know? So it's, like, I don't know. It's got a lot of horrifying stuff in it, like, you know, this, like, witch steals somebody's face, and, uh, you know, the... They yeah they resurrect like you know or they conjure up like the living devil and yeah it's really it's really good really dark really bloody really just fun <laughs> a lot of fun so I I've been reading that so I'm very very excited for the new series that'll come out uh, later in October and we're about to gear up and start doing a bunch mm-hmm. of uh, witch series after we finish this uh, little run of vampire movies we're gonna be doing a bunch of witches. So I can't like, wait it's that time. It's that time, you know, we'll Anyways. probably review chilling adventures of Sabrina just as it's, as its own thing. Like when we did with uh, Santa Clarita diet and all that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would definitely like to do that. That was fun. I forgot that we did the Santa Clarita diet episode. Um, we should do more of the Netflix movie stuff that comes out, uh, as, um, like addendums, you know, like yeah. a, uh, well, it's like its own field trip. Only you yeah. got to stay like at extra home. credit. Yeah, exactly. An extra credit bonus episode. There you go. I like that. Uh, yeah. So exciting. Lots of, lots of good stuff coming. You know, it's that time of year. Um, I'm, I'm just feeling it full of, full of, <laughs> this full of the dark Halloween. powers. This is Halloween. <laughs> Sam Hain, Halloween. 
Oh my gosh, just be you know, like you're singing from Nightmare Before Christmas. I've gone crazy and I like bought a whole bunch more pops. Like they're releasing a whole bunch of new. Oh my uh, god, they need a sponsor. Funko us. Vi- I know, right? Funko vinyl pop things. Um, they have a whole new collection of Nightmare Before Christmas ones. So I ordered, I got Lock, Shock, and Barrel. I got Dr. Finkelstein. I got like the Harlequin Demon, the little vampire bat, teddy bear, and mm-hmm. the duck. Oh my gosh, that's um, a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I went like off the deep end and ordered a whole bunch of them. So I might have to order some of these little shop ones for myself. Yeah, they're adorable. They make me so happy. But yeah, we're thinking we're going to set up like a little um, for Christmas, you know, or, you know, for the holidays, we're going to put up our tree, which we're going to put the, you know, the living dead doll beast Mm -hmm. on the top of. That's going to be our our tree topper this year. And uh, so I, I also wanted to set up like a little. Diorama with like a creepy, spooky, Halloweenish tree, and we'll put all the put all the uh, Night Before Christmas vinyl pops on it. So it'll be fun. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know why I keep saying vinyl pops. I can just say Funko pops or just pops. People know what that means. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> I mean people who people who know things. People who are in the know. People who are in the know. Yeah, yeah, you know, know who are in the in crowd. You know. Yeah. Right. Who are sitting, you know, stacking up? Do you see this up here? I'm running out of space. You are running out of space. <laughs> oh my god! I had to reorganize it all yesterday, trying to figure. Out I think I'm you're keeping a Funko Pop up float. <laughs> hey, no, this is nowhere near some of the stuff I see online. People have like rooms dedicated to them. I don't, I don't have that yet, but I have a lot. But you know, I try to stay. I'm, I mean, I just have the horror ones outside. I did buy. The Rita Repulsa and Lord Zed. For I, the, I, I just, I'm looking yeah. at your new stuff. I'm yeah, like, oh, I, I had, to, I had to buy those. So I see you have Carol. I do have a Carol from, from The Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah, and I have a little Daryl on his bike. Yes. Oh yeah, I love a Daryl. <laughs> um, I love that old school Rita Repulsa. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And Lord Zed, you know, he was so like cool when I was a kid. Girl, like this yeah. skinless guy with like a metal armor. Thing I don't I don't know it was just very Hellraiser and mm-hmm. I was like fucking for it. And you're all about so it. So I saw that the other day. And plus, uh, Hot Topic was having like the three for twenty seven, a little they're nine bucks a piece mm-hmm. uh, discount, which isn't a bad deal. No, and not for not for a nice little Funko. Yeah, and so I uh, and th- they definitely get me with that kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> if I go in some place. Oh, well, I mean. Yeah, I'm definitely, a, you know, oh, if you buy more, you know, you save more, even though I know in the end it's like, well, yeah, or I could just walk out with one and spend less. But I'm definitely, I'm, I'm a, uh, I fall victim to that marketing strategy. So I'd picked up the uh, three little shop ones. I'd gotten Audrey, um, human Audrey, <laughs> Orrin Scrivello, and Seymour. So I had three, and then I saw the uh, Finkelstein. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I have to find two more now. Like, I can't leave with just four if it's, like, you know, got to gotta get six so I get the maximum, you know, deal. Get the maximum. <laughs> so, so I grabbed the Lord Zed and the Rita Repulsa. Capitalism is strange. Yeah, it is. Anyways. But you know what? I, I, here's the thing. When you, when you pass over and I inherit all of this, right. I will make sure that it goes into the uh, Museum of Popular Arts or whatever. Ah. Um, yeah. Or whatever doesn't fetch a price. I okay. will. <laughs> You starting your own museum of popular arts, uh, yes, meaning the, just what Joshua, the Joshua Napier found, the Joshua Napier Museum of Popular Culture. Yeah, my 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 your narrow, legacy, my narrow view. Your your very narrow view. <sighs> All right. Well, anyways, speaking of narrow views. <laughs> no, I didn't have anything. No, I, th- like, I thought maybe a joke would 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 materialize. Um. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw it on net on Hulu. I mean, I, I don't know if we're doing news or anything, but I saw on Hulu that they're coming out with um, Blumhouse and Hulu are doing a thing called I think it's called Into the Night or Into the Dark. Oh, and it's basically they're going to release one story each month starting in October and it's going to be 12 a year is of 12 horrifying stories each one centered around a holiday in that month so obviously they're starting with Halloween and then it's going to move on from there but um hmm. there's some new thing it, it just looked fascinating uh, and I'm like, oh, th- we've talked, and it's like, we've talked about this before. We've talked about the transgressive nature of horror centered around a holiday, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Huh. This seems very cool. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, debuts October 5th. Yes. Huh. So we'll have to have a... We'll have to talk about that um, as they come out, but, you know. Well, that's it, exciting, because that, you know, that'll, uh, the Christmas episode then will come right out around Scary Christmas, so exactly. I'll have something new to add. I have a couple new things to add this year. I don't want to talk about them yet, but, oh. yeah, I've collected a few other little... Uh, Suspense. Yeah, little cool Scary Christmas stuff, so this year it's going to be really hard, because, like, the last couple years... It's it's getting harder to like narrow down and limit what I can show in a Your twelve hour Christmas. period. Yeah, yes. you know, it's like I've got you know I've got noon to midnight to fill like time and like there's actually it's you know the, every year there's like more and more like holiday horror. I feel here's the thing: as long as you still have the Anna Nicole Smith holiday special, <laughs> I will um, everything every you know. Did we? I'll be fine. Did I air that last year? I think I did. Right at the end, like just for a, a laugh. Well, a tragedy. It's sad, you know. But I what to, is? I need to what make is sure Christmas without tragedy. I need to make sure I'm in town, or I need to like ditch my family so that way I can go, you know, see at least one of those things, or yeah, at least be here in the morning for the first movie. Yeah, it's always fun. So I'm working on it now because I, yeah, I've collected. There's a couple new, um, you know, like last year we got Better Watch Out, and mm-hmm. there's some other, some other new holiday horror stuff. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. And, uh, I'm looking forward to this into the dark cause that'll be, that'll be perfect. You know, can't wait. Yay. Alrighty then. Well, that brings us to the movie. What? What's um, happening? I, I was hoping we could go to a break. Oh yes. We have to yeah. do breaks. I forget. Yes. <laughs> now we're doing it. We're doing a break. We're That's trying right. to be as real as possible. We're trying right. to serve you all of this like highly produced podcast <laughs> realness. <laughs> okay. So we will be right back with a discussion about 30 days of night. Whoop. I just want to apologize. I'm sorry to everyone. I was very naive and very stupid and I shouldn't have put other people in danger. I am so sorry for everything that has happened because in spite of what Joshua says, it's now all my fault. I insisted our listeners subscribe to Fright School on Apple Podcasts. I insisted they leave us reviews. I insisted that they give us a five-star rating. And it's all because of me that we're here now and we're being hunted. I love you, Mom and Dad. I am so sorry. I only wanted to make good content for our listeners. So you're reminding people to listen, rate, subscribe with yes. your with your lovely Heather Donahue, yes, Blair Witch performance. I just like want him. I want Dave Rebus to go back and like add in like a drop of like snot, like a <laughs> like a no no, no. gross. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so this evening, this evening we will discuss. 30 Days of Night. 30 Days of Night. Yeah, so, which you... Had you ever seen that before? No, I have okay, not. And I've cool. seen, you know, in the times that I've been to Comic-Con, I've thought about getting the graphic novel, and I'm just like, who am I kidding? I'm not going to read this. <laughs> <laughs> so, let someone else have it who can, who will read it. Like um, me. I have, you know, I have seven. Seven of them. So, here here we are. Well, um, watching I don't it. have seven of just 30 Days of Night. I have the, the collected paperback trades of it. Of the series, <laughs> uh, so initial thoughts. What'd you think? Loved it. Yeah, loved it. I mean, this is also like so in my wheelhouse. Um, so I was talking with, I was hanging out with some other gay friends uh, yesterday, 
and we were talking about things in our things in our lives that um, that are like all that, that are mask like that that are ways that we perform masculinity. So like my friend Anthony loves cars and tools, um, so he's constantly like you know doing his own maintenance on his car and has all these different gadgets and like home tools, which like is not. I mean, it's, it's, we're reading, you know, this hyper-masculine thing into that, but, you know, he, and so for me, my, like, mask drag, <laughs> my mask drag performance, um, Joshua hit the thing. <laughs> it's, I know he loves hitting so it. So trying to pour my tea, though, I, yeah. that was an accident. I only <laughs> hit it on purpose occasionally. My mask drag is, like, I love James Bond movies. I love, oh, okay. like, I love, like, really violent action films occasionally. Um, so yeah, so this is like completely on my alley. This is, it's has barely a plot. I also like vampires and witches and zombies. So that's, that, that's kind of my entree, if you will, into mm. the horror verse. So I knew already that I was going to like this. Plus I love me some Josh Hartnett. Um, yeah. You know, when I was a little boy, uh, well, not little boy, but when I was younger growing up, <laughs> and we went to like, where is this gonna go? Okay, in middle school we went to see uh, as a like a middle school class we went to go see Pearl Harbor. Um, oh, okay, because you know uh, you know kids on an island need to be reminded of the horrors of living on an island. <laughs> right. So we went to watch Pearl Harbor, and Josh Wagner was there, and I was like, oh, who's that? There was a stirring in my in my regions. And then from that point on, I was just a big fan. And what regions would that be? The nether regions. <laughs> it the was Netherlands. A, there was a there was a stirring in my nether worlds. Wow. Ah, oh, the nether world. Yes. Um, now I know what you're referring to. So yes, uh, Josh Hartnett is uh, long long been a resident of my spank bank. Ah, all right. Well. Sure, he is. He's proud. Joshua. He's proud to know that. I love when Joshua tries to <laughs> feign interest in whatever nonsense I'm... I, I'm, ver I, I'm very interested in your Josh Hartnett <laughs> fantasies. What are you talking about? I'm sitting right here listening. I'm, I mean, I'm come on. I'm 100% in. 40 days and 40 nights, Hollywood homicide. Wait, that 40 days and 40... That's where he tries not to have sex, or he and the girl. Yes, and yes. And the woman in uh -huh, it. Uh -huh. And then they have, like, a flower sex. They have... Yeah, they... I mean, they she, like... They, like, rub the flower all over each other. Yeah. That movie was ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that in the theater with. Fr I don't even know why. Did why did you see it yeah, in the theater? I have no idea. <laughs> I still don't know why, and why I've never you... seen it since. Oh god! But I just remember sitting there. We were probably high. Who I knows? love a, I love a sex comedy too. I just love where I just love like an American sex comedy where it's like, oh my gosh, he you know can't he can't jerk off, can't do anything. Yeah, I don't know. I just remember upsetting people because we were like hysterically laughing. Like this movie is so stupid. Why did we come to this? But anyways, it also has so, Paolo Costanzo in Costanza yeah. in it, and I just mm. love him as well too. Um, wow. But I'm I'm naming names. I'm dropping those names. You are all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> Hollywood uh, Homicide with Harrison Ford. Come mm -hmm. on, just you know who doesn't love a shirtless Josh Hartnett? Right, right. So anyway, so besides Josh Hartnett being in it, which I think now <laughs> I'm, I think this is what's coloring your your view of the of the film. Maybe it's, maybe it's not as good as you think. Maybe it's just your Josh Hartnett fantasies. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That's I don't know. Mess. I don't know about that. No, but anyway, so you, that's interesting uh, conversation though, like performing masculinity. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I, I mean, if, I guess the, the horror stuff, but like, I, I don't even consider horror like in like a boy's realm, you know, because my whole life, you know, again, like I've always spent my time in like the company of women, you know, friendships with women who were all into scary movies. Yeah. Too, you know, so I, I don't, I don't know if that's, um, yeah, I mean, I a performative thing. I don't for think me. that is a performative thing, especially like, especially kind of what we're dealing with, what we've been talking about, you know, most recently on our show is mm -hmm. that, you know, how, there, there's a queer, there's a queerness to horror, yeah. and you know, horror and queerness are very connected and very tied. So there's, I feel like you know, that's not necessarily a performance of it. I think what, I think what makes this particular film, 
performative as far as masculinity is the fact that it has a very pronounced male protagonist, Mm -hmm. which is kind of odd for horror films, I guess, that we, at least most of the ones that I've Mm -hmm. been watching with you. Um, That's true. It's not, this isn't set up like the typical final girl, final girl kind of thing, you know? Um, It's yeah, you're right. That's true. It's not, I mean, he's kind of the, the, the main focus of a lot of the, Mm-hmm. A lot of thrust of lot the of, story. Exactly. Although, I mean, you know, they it's an ensemble, really. Yeah. You know? And I feel like it's also very heavy in the violence and the kind of, like, action elements of it. Um, not really so much, like, not really a lot of... It, it's not a slow burn by any means. Like, because right. once they go, they go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And which is, you know... Yeah, also, and it picks up fast. I mean, stuff starts yeah. happening really quickly, which I like. Yeah, I like it a lot too. You know, it's no offense to some other of the films that we've watched, but yeah. like this is very it's it's a faster pace and yeah. I felt like yeah, it's definitely horror, but it's also like a lot of action e elements that uh people who may not enjoy horror um could probably get into because I mean what's the difference really of a bunch of like an army of vampires uh, you know, killing everyone in a town and beheading them versus like any other violent action film. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's pretty much the same. So. Yeah. It's almost like borders on like a zombie film in a way of like kind of how fast, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, everything happens. It's, it's definitely mm-hmm. in that kind of, that sort of vein. So that's, that's one of the reasons I wanted to watch it because, you know, since we're doing this sort of series on vampires, obviously we did the lost boys, um, in one, of our, you know, our previous episodes and, I wanted to, because they're like the balance between like that sort of, you know, romantic sexiness that comes with like an Anne Rice type of vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, um, yeah, something like that, like the aristocratic kind of thing, mm-hmm. like Dracula and whatnot. And then these sorts of vampires, which are just like pure, hunger, feral, id, mm-hmm. you know, so it's kind of that balance. So I wanted to, to, to show you this because it is such a radically different type of vampire. You know, they're, they are, they're like wild animals, just kind of this like tribal group. You know, the language that they're speaking in it is it, their leader and, yeah, they have the uh, like the click, you know, like the the way that they they talk. It, yeah. I guess, it was meant to be very very tribal. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking somewhere. It's almost a little like sa, you know, like yeah, sa. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that was like part of the design. I'm trying to find. I was reading earlier about who designed that language because they got they brought in like a linguistics professor, I think. And helped build build something that's and it's very simple. Like the language mostly is focused on, you know, eating, attacking. You know, it's like the simple, the bare necessities of what these creatures, you know, need to communicate about. You know, they're they're not sitting around. Um, yeah. So it was. I just found it. Uh, oh. <laughs> Well, they don't say the name. I'm sure I could look it up, but uh, it was at the University of Auckland, a professor of linguistics. Ooh. We designed this really simple language that didn't sound like any particular accent that you could be aware of. It was based around really simple actions, eating, hunting, yes, no, really basic, because that's what vampires do. <laughs> uh, so, and I like that. I, I, I dig that kind of vibe, too, where they're, um, you know, just sort of this, like, tribe that's sort of moving throughout eating where they, you know, when they can and then kind of like hibernating almost. And then mm-hmm. in this movie, it feels almost like they're just having fun. <laughs> like, yeah. like they've all come together like, ah, let's just eat a whole town. It'll be fun. You yeah. Know? <laughs> there's no, you know, there's no rhyme or reason. Cause I mean, I think some of the criticism that comes with this is like, you know, gosh, if they have 30 days of night, like they could really spread out and, you know, just slowly kind of consume this town, but they're just like, nope, let's have a party and scare everybody to death and yeah. do a lot of partying and bloody and get all bloody and gross and yeah. just revel in the gore and horror of it all. Well, to think <laughs> about it, I mean, if you've never, if you've had to be, if you could only come out at night for how many hundreds of years and you only come out at night, you could only, like, 
you didn't have like access to a buffet, you know, like I go crazy. <laughs> I go, I mean, I go crazy a little bit. Yeah, no, yeah, it's like a big old party. Like, woo, we got a whole town, you know. Yeah, we they're there and they are ready to go with yeah. that. Oh man. Yeah, there's a um I like you know, it starts out with like the stranger, the mm-hmm. the human that's helping them. Yes, there, Ben there. Foster did such a great job. Yeah, and he get he's really like lost in that, you know. Yeah. Cause like you don't it's so hard to even see him, you know, to like recognize him, you know, that those his teeth are so gross and He's just so like the voice that he chose to like do and the way that guy talks. Yeah, the <laughs> dialect, the, the his like yeah, he was so good. And the thing I love about like you know Ben Foster, I don't know if you watched the Disney Channel growing up, but mm. um, he was in I guess Flash Forward on the Disney Channel. Like oh. he was a Disney Channel star for many years, and then all of a sudden he starts taking all these roles. And I mean, Ben Foster is almost like a less a less notable Ryan Gosling almost oh. like he, he does all these really cool um, roles that he just loses himself in. And he, um, but anyway, I, I was like, Oh, they chose the right person to do, to be the stranger. Cause he is just so good at um, being unsettled. And the thing is too, is that like he, um, you know, he, uh, being a stranger in that town, like he has all eyes on him and he's just reveling in every single bit of it. Just so, you know, yeah. Cause he knows what's coming and yeah. he, but he of course thinks that he's going to be rewarded by, yeah. you know, being made, being turned, you know, yeah, being turned. Sure. And yeah. So he's just there like, ha you're all going to die. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, I was looking up, you know, I, I didn't realize that he had done that because I recognize him. I saw him, obviously, like, he plays Angel in X-Men The Last Stand. That's kind of, you know, what I always think of when I when I think of Ben Foster. Although he was also in a movie called 1114, which I really like, hmm. which is a movie, it's, like, about this girl that gets hit by a car at 1114 at night, and then it, like, works backwards, you know, to kind of tell the story of how it, of how it, happens and he plays a character named Eddie who gets his his uh, penis chopped off uh, in a uh, freak accident <laughs> so it's uh you know mm. there you go that's we're boiling we're boiling down Ben Foster's career yeah <laughs> yeah uh, obviously you know he was also on six feet under um, where he played uh, Russell. Oh, I did not. Did you ever watch Six Feet Under? I did not watch Six oh, okay. Feet Under, yeah. which is which is odd for me because I do love Peter Krause and uh, Michael C. Hall. So yeah, it's it's good. I, it's it's a really good series. So I definitely recommend if you get a chance to watch it. Um, or we could have a we could um, we like could just do a view. binge. Yeah, we can binge like the first season and be so fun. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so what uh, what kinds of things stuck out? About the movie, because um, it is. I, I agree with you. It's 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 a very simple plot. It's just kind of like get in, murder everybody, get out. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's also just like it, it. It's like why hasn't it? Why hasn't anything like that been made before? Mm. Like it almost. It was almost like it was such a cool idea that it, it's the idea itself is what lent it to getting made. Mm. Well, it's interesting because. Uh, the guy who wrote the original comic book that this is based on, uh, Steve Niles, he had tried, he pitched it as a comic originally, mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. didn't go anywhere. So then he retooled it and pitched it as a film, and that didn't go anywhere. So then he like shelved it for years, and then eventually he started working at um, IDW Publishing, which is mm-hmm. a big um, you know comic uh, publisher, and... They loved it, and it came out. It was a huge hit, you know. So the, um, you know, the, and it's a pretty, I think, faithful adaptation. There are some changes. Uh, we we can talk a little bit about, like, you know, Eben being, you know, of Inuit descent in mm-hmm. the comic book, and obviously they sort of, you know, they changed that. They changed that for um, sure. You know, there's also like this this side plot story where so these vampires are kind of like going rogue in a way, like doing something so brazen regardless of it being a town everybody's you know kind of leaving for the month and it's going to be like dark but it's still a very 
could become a very public thing, what they're doing, you mm-hmm. know, destroying this whole town, setting it on fire, all of this. So there's like this subplot where like this other vampire is going to try to come and stop it because they mm-hmm. don't want word to spread out. Yeah. About vampires, but this like tribal group, I guess, has just decided they they're sick of living on the fringes, and you know, it's very Russell Edgington, you know, yes, from True very, Blood. Like we're done, like, we're done hiding, so we're gonna be here, and we're just gonna you know put humans in their rightful uh, place on Beneath the food chain, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Um, so you know, they they changed and kind of narrowed it down a little bit to to just make yeah, I think a really slick you know vampire a, a, a really scary vampire film like there's no there's nothing like romantic about these people i mean danny houston is hot i guess on on his own but like Mm -hmm. there's nothing like inherently meant to be sexually like provocative of Mm -hmm. like you know him or kali the female vampire that gets burned with the uh marijuana the the the, The marijuana lamp yeah the marijuana lamp which that, that I like that whole scene where he like flashes it at her and she like gets ah! burned. Yeah, yeah, all their all their strange noises they make. And um, Danny Houston is fantastic. Oh. Yeah, no, oh, he's so good. Yeah, he's so yeah, good. Yeah, I was yeah. like, can he needs to play a villain every any yeah. all the time? Well, he's another one who kind of gets lost in it. You yeah. know, like it's hard to see. Like he really, you know, becomes Marlowe. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's just so so good. And frightening, yeah. you know, lack again, lacking that sort of like, you know, um, what do you want to call it? Like the draw, the, mm-hmm. you know, like they don't, they're not, they're not wasting time with that. They're not yeah. trying to draw their victims in by being like, oh, look, we're sexy. It's like, no, we're just going to come and. Yeah, we're going to come and off. fuck you all up. Yeah. <laughs> the, the planning of like how to completely isolate the town. That mm-hmm. was really interesting. Yeah. And just like they sent him to go do all these things and all this crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, the stranger. Yeah, yeah they, Foster. Mm-hmm. All this crazy stuff happens all around. And like, yeah, it is fascinating. Yeah, it's the tension building of it, you yeah. know, is like more, it's the the dramatic irony, yeah. you know, because mm-hmm. you kind of know what's going on in the background and, mm-hmm. You know, as you as, know what's coming, but yeah, you don't know what's coming. Yeah. So as the town is like, you know, stri- you know, all the dogs getting murdered, and that I mean, that is very sad. That whole scene is really terrible, and you yeah. feel for uh, the couple that were raising, you know, the this. I guess they were like sledding dogs. Yeah, they're sled- I mean, that's the only way you would be yeah. able to move about um, is through the sledding dogs. But yeah, I mean, you know, they they also can't like kill all the vehicles. You know. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. They're trying. They're doing their best, but it, it just. You know all the all, all those things the burning of the cell phones and the shine now like the power, um, that was that's a great scene too with the guy's head on the stake. You yeah. know, did you see you were flipping through the comic because they did a great job like adapting this from its source material with the like the color palette is very similar mm-hmm. and oh yeah right there's the like that image yeah with know, the thing on lot. the stake and um, I feel like it was I feel like it happened a little fast in the comic book though. Yeah, um, it starts off right away. Because with it, it it they drew it out a little bit. You got to know like okay, everybody's fleeing the town basically, the people who can't stand the 30 days of night, who don't yeah. basically who don't need to absolutely be there. Right. Um yeah. I d- it could be psychologically taxing, I think yeah. for some. Oh yeah, you know. when um Lucy the the proprietor of the diner, she's all like, you know, alcohol's illegal during this time because yeah. it's bad enough that you know, it's bad enough that it's nighttime. People get crazy and, you know, yeah. don't need to be drinking themselves to oblivion. And I'm like, yeah. totally makes sense. Um, I love what the sheriff said. Uh, Eben, he's all, you know, we're we're here because we can take it. Like, yeah. we're here. That's, like, his rousing speech. I'm like, we're here because we're the only ones that can be here because we know how to live and survive through this. So, yeah, yeah. They, no, it's a great yeah. tension because the vampires, obviously, they're coming with, like, we're just going to wipe these fucking people out. But, you know, it is the people who stay behind. They're pretty sturdy folk. Like, you know, I mean, they're going to yeah. they're going to fight back, yeah. you know, as best they can. Yeah. And, you know, I just feel like that's that's something that gets played up a lot in. Um, I, I mean, I won't say popular culture because I don't th- I don't know how popular like those kinds of shows on Discovery Channel and National Geographic are. But like my parents love like 
Alaskan bush people uh, and Yukon okay. men, like the, the people living in these like extreme weather. By extreme weather, I mean winter like yeah. conditions. Because I think to them, you know, being from Guam, like the irony, <laughs> the the idea of someone preparing an entire year for winter, like it just boggles the mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like those people, they're tough. Those, uh, you know, those people who live in that area, they they know how to survive and they have like a will to just keep keep it going. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was it also does. an it takes, interesting. It takes a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I could not live there. Oh no, <laughs> I could that. not do Fuck yeah that, that kind of work and mm-hmm. yeah, living in like a frozen tundra. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, not interested. So I like yeah, it, it kind of creates a really good tension, you know. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, with you know, like we've talked about in past episodes, where you think people's weaknesses, you know, the fact in this, you know, the fact that there's going to be thirty days of night, it's a great time for vampires to come and 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 attack this town, but it turns out like that's, you know, a big strength for, for the, the humans, you know, mm-hmm. obviously not everybody, lots of people die in it, you know, there's, you know, because it's yeah. such a surprise, you know, yeah. it's like, and you have no, like they're having to plan this attack, yeah. you know, in secret. That's very, um, mm-hmm. what like Anne Frank and like the yeah. attic when they're hiding from the, it's like half the town left, like half the town survives yeah. because, you know, they already all left. And then the like rest of the essential personnel, quote unquote, they're all, you know, they all like women and children left and then everyone else is left behind there to to, you know, cater to the pipeline and whatever yeah. else going on. Yeah. Take care. I mean, stuff in a town, you can't just leave, you know, for a month to, you know, be left alone. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, yeah, there are people that have to stay behind to maintain and, you know, and people who probably just, yeah, are used to it, have lived there their whole life. It's not that big of a deal yeah. to them. They can continue their lives. Mm-hmm. I, oh God, I had a really good question. I have to figure it out. If I remember it, I'll, you know. <laughs> it no. just left you. It just left me. It must not have been that important. Um, you know, I, I was trying to find some ways to examine this in like deeper meaning, I guess. Because <laughs> it is, it's very, yeah. very, you know, straightforward. In fact, like the, the, the comic, the prologue or not prologue, um, what do you want to call it? Like the note or whatever in the front is written by Clive Barker. Mm, mm. Yeah. And um, he calls it, you know, it has a raw, brutal en- energy of a horror movie uh, from the good old days. Short, sharp, unforgiving. Um, you know, it's simple idea. It's chilly hard and a narrative that starts at a run and never slows down. Uh, I just, I, I like that from what you were saying earlier. And then they say there's, um, or he says... I suppose there are a few decadent predators out there who do who do look fancy in velvet, but Steve's that Steve uh, Niles, mm-hmm. the, the writer, um, Steve's vampires are not of that clan. Yeah, He's tapped a new vein in these pages, evoking a cold, joyless world in which appetite can never be sated, and love gives no comfort, even in the bright light of day. And in, in fact, especially then. <laughs> so, <laughs> I I I think that it's like sort of a parallel for like almost like human consumption too, mm. you know, this like fast moving, you know, creature, they, they're like a virus, you know, the yeah. vampires, how fast they spread and they just, you know, demolish and eat and take and take and take. And yeah. I don't know, I was sitting there kind of thinking that, it, I mean, it's sort of, well, I mean, a parallel to humanity. And we, <laughs> we, we, you talked a little bit about it, you know, like they could just, if they had an entire town for 30 days of night, right? So, you could like one by one pick people off mm-hmm. and you know really kind of make it like a month long retreat and yeah. just you know eat everybody in the town but then do it slowly so that way the fear builds and all of that and yeah i feel like there's just, a lot of waste exactly <laughs> there's a lot of waste there's a lot of you know a lot of tension there and um, there, there's a lot of uh, attention to the fact that, like, they are just going hog wild. Yeah. And I feel like that could be a, that's also kind of a comment on, like, you know, this, um, this, that kind of like consumption of natural resources for mm-hmm. humanity, where it's like, you yeah. know, it's basically everything here is for us to, you know, put with subdue, you know, and um, it, when in fact, you know, you should practice more conservation. But, uh, I, I don't know. We're yeah. we're really trying, especially well, like it's at also like a you know they're they're at a pipeline in Alaska. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So. Well, and that's kind of what I was going to say with like Daybreaker. So I, I think that's you know it's kind of a popular 
conversation with vampires. So if you go back and, you know, you think about like our talk with Dracula, the original 1931 and, you know, this sort of sucking the poor dry, you know, the, the bureau, the bureaucrats, the um, bourgeois class, you know, the, I, I think vampires are an easy, they're an easy way to, to, to have that conversation in horror, you know, to parallel that experience of, of poor people, of, of, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the bottom class, you know, or yeah, or just human, you know, what do you want to call it? Like we're hell bent on like destroying ourselves. So it's kind of like daybreakers that it's very similar where, you know, the whole world becomes a vampire and then there's very few humans left yeah. to, uh, to feed on. So it's like, mm-hmm. they're fast running out of like a, a, a supply of, yeah. of food and they're all going to devolve mm-hmm. into these like monstrous, like bat creatures. Yeah. And so this is kind of, yeah, there's, there's definitely a parallel there. Um, as with most with like pipeline uh, and all, I think that's a good, that's a good thing. I mean, like, as, as with most, um, you know, monster films and monster that as a genre, it's not so much a comment on the unknown, but it's more of a comment about us. Right. It's always, a, like, yeah, it's always like, you know, it's yeah. putting us in this, like with zombies, it's, it's not so much about the zombie apocalypse or mm-hmm. it's about like what that does to us and yeah. you know, how, how this circumstance really am- amplifies mm-hmm. the, the will to survive or the cruelty that is yeah. already inherent. Yeah. Yeah. I think vampires kind of play into that. And then like zombies, a lot of times, you know, there's conversations about, um, you know, consumerism mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, blind consumerism and sort of like the dumbing down and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's just, we're already zombies. Like how can we, how can we get more zombified? But I was mm-hmm. just making, I wanted to comment on, I, I liked your parallel with the, the pipeline. Yeah. You know, exactly. I didn't really, I didn't really think about that, but that's a, that's a good point. You know, that there's like the use of the resources yeah. and, a built-in alibi too like you know this is it very much has like it's almost like the thing where like towards the mm-hmm. end it's like oh this is just some freak accident that it's going to be tragic because all these people are you know just died in the town um yeah the one the interesting thing is that like this film doesn't this film because of how unrelenting the the vampires are it reads a lot to me like um it reads a lot to me like a zombie movie and especially yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. after having just watched and talked about 28 days later. Yeah. 20 days later, the remake of, mm-hmm. um, uh, Dawn of the dead, you know, where it's like this fast moving, like vampire, mm-hmm. you know, or like, you know, fast moving zombies. I mean, yeah. And the same with the infected of 28 days later. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of all, these all come around in that same area, 2003 to yeah. 2008, you know, it, it's and I feel like if we're, I feel like there really is, there's very specific things that tie it to the trope, tie it to the trope of zombie or of vampire. Um, Because, you know, like they, there's, there's an element of seduction. And I, and by that, I mean like, you know, how Marlo is with the, his uh, female companion. And like, you know, he, he, he's, there's an element of that. There's a, there's a kind of, uh, there's a foreign element to given like the because um, we talked about that in like the when we watched the original Dracula with mm-hmm. like there's this foreign immigrant like like aristocratic like kind of element to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's there's yeah. that with the language that they speak, also with all how they all dress, like they're all oddly formal. <laughs> for yeah, yeah, it makes you wonder where they were coming from because like you know they're on that ship in the beginning. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know that is sort of like their lair or whatever, and it made me wonder like where that came from. Was that something that they like? It's like a fancy cruise ship a hundred years ago that they like jumped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and this is like their, you know, the clothing they've just been hanging around in all this time. You know, because yeah. again, they're like filthy and they're covered in blood and they're mm-hmm. gross and they're dirty and you know. But but yeah, you're right. They're wearing suits and like her pretty dress and the earrings and like that yeah. still is like a connection to that kind of how that you know these very kind of patrician vampire mm-hmm. um, because it, I don't think we I don't think we really get to see. Um, vampires that are just like everyday normal people. Like we, they're always, yeah, there has to be that element. There's that element of like, yeah, like their face shapes and the way that they, you know, their eyes and yeah, they, they do, they do have like a look that, that again, others them, 
Yeah, 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 you know, for from, sure. From humans. Whereas, like, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, a lot of vampire movies, it's like they pale people, you know, or they have fangs, but otherwise they look generally human, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, just... You they know. can pass. That's the other yeah, thing. Is that yeah, these, where they're not interested. Yeah, the, yeah, these folks are not interested in passing, and they yeah. don't want to pass. And it's it, it's also fascinating because you would think that um, you would think that well, if they if they didn't have to pass, right? If they didn't have to like stalk their prey the way by hiding their true nature, um, then you would just go like that all the time. Mm-hmm. So, but I thought that was um, yeah. that was a really interesting thing. Um, it, uh, that wasn't my original question. Now, see, I'm going to really have a hard time figuring out what that question was. But, uh, but yeah, I, I it read more as zombie to me. And I think that's probably why I liked it because I typically like zombie more than yeah. just because it's a little bit more action-packed. It moves a little faster. There's not this whole, like, will they, won't they type of, like, seduction. It's like, no, they're going to do it. They're going to fuck yeah. these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's great. It's just It's a nice, you know piece in like the canon of vampire movies you know there aren't a lot like it i think there's a there's a swedish movie called like frostbite or frostbitten Mm -hmm. that kind of has a similar vibe um but yeah there aren't a lot of vampire movies where it's just like a roving band of like nomadic tribal Mm -hmm. you know predators like i mean they're just that's it you know and they're there to kill everybody yeah. and <laughs> and eat and you know just revel in like the joy of it joy uh, of eating yeah, people. yeah exactly so you know i i just thought it was a nice addition to our our vampire watching so i'm glad that you enjoyed it i loved it would you you'll watch it again i would watch it again very cool. not right away but yes i would yeah. definitely watch it put again. a little stamp on it you know yeah. i think we need to make like a we need to go back through and, fi- and put together now a list of like joe would watch this again yes and that <laughs> it's a short list, but yes. Yeah, it's a very short list. Uh, but uh, it's always interesting to me which ones you might watch again. I, it's another one that I like to just put in. It has an atmosphere that I like. You know, the grays and the mm-hmm. the washed out blue, you know, the blue look to it. Yeah. Very uh, stark. Um, very stark reds against, mm-hmm. you know, it just you yeah. can really see it. Um, you have like... Uh, you have some fair amount of representation of Native people. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least like you can read them as native people mm-hmm. um, up there. Yeah, the Inuit. Um, I mean, th- the fact that Josh Hartnett is expected to stand in for what is an Inuit, uh, you know, protagonist in the no- graphic novel, notwithstanding, um, definitely don't think you could do that now. Um, mm. Or at least, um, you know, you can't scar Joe that. Right. <laughs> you just can't Scarlett Johansson that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it'd be an interesting conversation, you know, Um I don't know. I mean, Hollywood does what it wants to do if it can get away with it. Exactly. <laughs> so, but we are living in a time where, yeah, it's getting harder and harder to to yeah. do that. Um, but yeah, so cool. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed another another one down in our vampire series. Another one we got a couple got a couple more um, vampire movies to watch. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, I love vampire stuff. Obviously, I've said that before. Um, I was going through. I've got this big vampire book, the Encyclopedia of the Dead. Um, but I think I need to see if there's an updated version because it doesn't actually include 30 Days a Night, so it must be hmm. must be older. I wanted to see what they had to say. So we'll look up the next movie in it, maybe. All right. All right. <laughs> righty. Yay. Yay. Well, good night. <laughs> Sleep tight. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. Listening to the Geekscape Network.